Welcome to Freedom Decoded. My name is Demir Bentley. This is my wife, Carrie. We ditched the 9 to 5, we moved abroad, and created our dream lifestyle. Today, we help other people get organized and create their dream lifestyle. You can check out more about what we do professionally at www.lifehackmethod.com. But this podcast is an opportunity for us to let our hair down and show you behind the curtain of our lifestyle. And um, today, we're going to be talking about a really cool topic, which is how do you manage remote teams. Um, we're going to be talking about how we do it, how our clients do it. So a lot of cool stuff today. Yes, this is such a great topic because I think a lot of managers today are really scared um, having to manage remote teams all of a sudden when they've never worked in a remote team before. I mean, and the other thing is a lot of people, we get this a lot. People will tell us they have managed remote teams or worked on remote teams. And when you really dig, you realize it, it, it was not a remote team. Right. Oh. So, so there's almost, I wouldn't say active fakery. The people <laughs> who are saying this genuinely believe based on their best definition that they managed a remote team or they were on a remote team. But you, when you really dig, you realize like, no, they had one day a week they were working at home. Or maybe they had a, a team of contractors that was on a different site. And so they thought that was remote. And it's like, no, it, it's when your entire team, every single yeah. person is not in the same physical location. Yeah. And I, I think what's happened is people sort of have been in this like, well, I'm 30% remote. So like, I know remote or you know, uh, I'm 40% right. remote. So I know remote. And then when you go 100% remote, you realize that that extra, even if you only had 10, 20, 30% co-located, that was enough to keep you from building the systems and the new ways of thinking and the new ways of working that you really truly need to work remote. So it's almost like you got a cold, cold turkey. You know, you got <laughs> you got to let go of being in the same space because even if you know you're going to be one day a week with other people, that's one day where you can save up all your sloppy communication and sloppy ways of working and just dump it all into that exactly. one day and make it and sort of fake your way through. Exactly, exactly. I mean, for us, it was a, a tricky decision. I mean, we, we had never managed a remote team before starting Lifehack Method. We started Lifehack Method and we've never had a co-located co team. So it's actually... Um, you know, we've been 100% remote for the last seven years, basically. And I think a lot of managers are scared that maybe they'll lose control or they won't be as effective as they once were um, or for whatever reason, like it just won't, it, you know, it won't work out. And being a manager is such a tricky business. Like you don't yeah. want to lose even 1% of effectiveness. But what we found is um, managing our team that's not only located in different parts of the country, but different continents of the world. Yeah is that actually it has so many benefits. Oh my God. I mean, I, I think this is one of those things that just calls you forth to yeah. do all of the things and build all of the systems yep. that you should have in the first place, right? Well said. And, and I will say every single client who has been trembling at the top of the, uh, uh, you know, of the diving board thinking, I can't do it, I can't do it, when they finally get the courage to do it, I can tell you down to the last woman, down to the last man, they say, oh, that wasn't that bad. It's a and paper was, tiger. And, and it was the things that I should have been doing anyways. I think we make it, isn't it convenient that we make it out to be extra work? Oh God, I'm so busy. You know, right. like I'm already so overloaded and now I need to do all this different extra credit work to somehow co-locate co my team. Right. I mean, that would be comforting to think like that, wouldn't it? But it's, it's really confronting when I say like, no, everything that you're going to do to take your team remote is simply something you should have already been doing 
before. Which, which means, therefore, it's going to make your life better and easier. <laughs> in a in like, in, in hundred different ways, your right. life is going to become so much better. So I'll take one, one example just to start off. Please. Is that when you manage a remote team, it really prevents you from micromanaging. And micromanaging is really hard to do as a manager. Like it takes up a lot of time and energy and a, the time and energy of your team as well. It's not like they like it. And it does not produce results. Can I pause on that and just say, I think you just hit something that's so profound. And I just got to open this up. It is so exhausting to micromanage other people. But it's exhausting for them to be micromanaged. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you've ever worked on a micromanaging boss, you can tell like it is a hundred times more difficult. Um, I'm the kind of person who, when I'm being micromanaged, I start like overthinking things and making stupid mistakes. Absolutely. Because I'm like, I'll double think it. I'll be like, wait, I think... I think I'm right here, but then I'll start overthinking and be like, but my boss is so up my ass right. all the time. Like, that, you'll, like you'll try to cover off on every single possible scenario just in case. And then you overth- you overthink it. You had the right question. You had the right answer than the first instinct, but you stop trusting your instincts because your, your boss is so up your rear end, right. you know, and, and it is miserable. It is exhausting. And what's funny is it's not like the boss is like, oh, my life is so great. I get to micromanage my employees. It's no no boss in the world who micromanages think says to their friends when they go home and like yeah. have a dinner party. God, my life is so great. I get to micromanage. Guess all what? My guess what they say? They say, "Wow, I wish my team was more reliable." Yeah. Oh man, I wish I, I didn't have to. Them. I wish my team could get more things off my plate and be trusty. And at the root of it is that trust issue. When you micromanage, you make it very obvious to everybody that you don't trust them to do their job, or maybe you don't trust them because you don't have the right system and the SOP and the process in place so that they can do their job well. You know, people shouldn't be expected just to memorize every single tiny little task having to do with their job. They should be given proper instructions for how to do what they need to do and then trusted to do it. And I think the frame that you put on this that was so great is, it is literally impossible to micromanage your team when you've got a fully remote team, right? Um, now, we've seen some really ham-fisted attempts at But it's not this. sustainable. T- tell them about the yeah. example that you yeah, told yeah. me about. So apparently, there was this example in the Wall Street Journal um, back at the start of the pandemic where this lady wrote in. She was like, help, my boss has us uh, the entire team on Zoom all day because he wants to be able to see that we're working. He's like literally on a Zoom call the entire day, which by the way, psychologically, like neurologically is very exhausting for us. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you're basically just trying to recreate the in-person environment. But when you're remote, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like you're eroding all the benefits of working remote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and also just like, what's funny is I could see that that boss might say to themselves, well, it's pretty much the same as when we were in the office, when we were in the office. I could see you working. Now we're just going to use Zoom and I can see you working. But this boss is totally missing that you take the same activity and move it to a different channel. And it becomes police state creepiness. It's really, it's really creepy. It's really creepy. And it's different because like, of course, people are at home. They might have different environments. They might have, you know, kids interrupting them on occasion. They need to be able to go and get food to eat and not feel like everyone's like watching them eat. It just, it's just weird, you know? So anyway, the point is everybody can save time and energy and frustration and actually get much more done, have a better experience of their work without the micromanaging. And so that's one of the huge benefits of working so, remote. So are we going to talk at all about, it, it, help me help me structure this conversation. Are we going to talk about how that happens? Or are we just going to start to 
how are we going to keep it high level here? I think we should, we should probably keep it high level. Okay. I mean, okay, I, cool. I think like, yeah, we don't need to get into exactly how to create those systems. I would say the core system there is just having a task management platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I was going to say is just like at the end of the day, and we're not going to, this will not be a training on this. Uh, although, Hey, nice little opportunity for a plug. Carrie does have a full hold your hand and walk you through how to how to create an online task manage task and project management system the the training uh that she does uses asana but you can use the same training for microsoft planner or anything else because the principles are really the same yep um so if you want to check that out what should we put yeah, I'll put a link in the yeah, description the and description. you can look out for the course to open enrollment. Cool. Because here's the thing, and we won't get too deep into this, but I'll just say this problem has been solved. It has right? been. This been problem solved. has been solved. And if, mm -hmm. if you are listening to this podcast right now and you are thinking, God, you know, I wish there was a full solution to taking my team 100% remote and not having to micromanage them and just knowing that they're getting their work done, I can tell you it's out there. This problem has been solved. It's called Asana. It's called Microsoft Planner. It's it, there's there's ClickUp, a whole range of offerings, but this problem has been solved. Yep, and it's all about providing that extra layer of accountability. Mm -hmm. That's really what people want to know: is is work getting done? I think a lot of that's convoluted. Like, oh, you know, it's about FaceTime, or it's about um, you know how much time you're actually physically at your desk. And that's really not what it's about. Like, it, we need to get the focus back on the results. Yeah, just it's not about like, are you getting the work done? Exactly. Now, this sort of pivots into the next point, which is forcing clear communication. Yeah. Now, I think I think we have defaulted to the lowest form of communication, meaning just simply when I say communication, you would just assume that we're just talking about the basics of like, am I saying something and are you hearing it? That's like, I think the highest level of communication is clarity. Right. Definitely. The number one thing you can communicate is not words. It's not like passing like mantras and, you know, like edicts down. The number one thing you could pass to your team is clarity. Right. And the problem is you can't give clarity to people when you don't have clarity. Right. And so I do think that managing remote teams requires you with all of that time that you save from not micromanaging your team anymore to invest some of that extra time into really sitting with yourself and getting radical clarity on what really moves the ball forward, how you really get recognized, where your team can really create value, and then communicating that down to them. So to me, you know, if you say, I sent a WhatsApp message to my team, that to me is the lowest form of communication. The highest form is my team knows every single day what the really important metrics are and what the really important work is, yeah. um, and they're getting it done. Right. That's real communication. Absolutely. So basically, almost like eliminating a lot of forms of communication. Like that would eliminate, for example, like little chit chats. That would eliminate a lot of meetings that are happening. There's sort of like, you know, I don't know, offline, like non-official meetings. And if you have all your communication going through official channels, like screencasts, maybe some emails and chat, like, okay, fine. Um, but really that forces you to think very deeply about what it is you want to communicate. And so for our team, for example, we communicate exclusively pretty much through our task management platform, Asana mm -hmm. and um, screencast, which is then, you know, uploaded to Asana, right? So it's basically a video form of communication um, so that we can explain detailed tasks very easily. Well, and you know, this, you bring up this point all the time when you're coaching people, which is the in-person environment, you know, breeds 
like informal and splintered communication. So for example, um, one of the things that you said is that when you worked at Kraft, and I'll let you tell the story, but there was a meeting before the meeting, then the meeting, and then a meeting after the meeting. Oh yeah, nothing, it was like, it was like trying to read the tea leaves and you never knew, it was all about social hierarchies and like who was gonna have like side meetings with whom. They tried to get everything decided like even before the meeting happened to make sure they could just be like bada bing bada boom, like we're done. You know, and it's like, well, why are we having the meeting? You feel like you're a set piece yeah, in but a meeting where you're like, well, this wasn't really a meeting. There was a meeting before the meeting where everything was decided. It becomes just an act and it becomes a huge waste of time. So instead, like when everything is just going through a task manager, there's, you know, there's accountability for tasks. There's transparency. Yep. Searchability. It forces upper management too to become clear on their priorities and goals so that they can't then change it last minute. Oh on goodness. everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 archivability and searchability. Archivability yep. means you can go back and and pull up a meeting where if you and I disagree and, and you're like, I told you that this was due this week, and you're like, no, you said you would like it this week, but you didn't say it was due this week. Like archivability is where we can go back and be like, let's pull up the meeting. Or even like this task, like I assign you a task, it very clearly states a deadline. Mm -hmm. And the whole task management program is designed to give you that task and serve it to you in time for you to complete it before the deadline. And there's, there's no lack of clarity. There's it's no like, ambiguity. Absolutely. Exactly. And it, I think, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the main thing I'm trying to get across here is that whereas in an in-person environment, there's so much ambiguity. And maybe, you know, the upper manager, the head honcho said just one thing to like his right hand person and they, you know, they maybe changed the plan, but only told half the team about yeah. it. It's like, that doesn't exist when you work remotely. And if you're working through a task manager. Yeah. And, and what's, and it's fantastic and it comes effortlessly. That's the other thing. You don't have to try to make that happen. When you, when you manage a team remotely, you get these benefits automatically. Yep. Right. Um, the other thing that's great about our team is that since we, you know, it's not like you can tell me something in person and then tell another person something in chat and then another person got something in email, then another person got something. And what happens is this fragmented thing where some people got some of the message, but when you only use Asana or something like it, then you know there's one of one or two places where something could have been communicated. And that means that you have, first of all, just predictability, like, oh, when I'm searching for that, where do I go look for it? I know it's either gonna be an email or a sauna, probably right. in a sauna. And then that gives you radical searchability, where I could say, oh gosh, there was something that Carrie said about this. And I can search it and find, you know, the five or six times that you mentioned something, either in a meeting or in a task or in a comment thread. And searchability is a pretty big deal. I mean, it really it really improves people's ability to like harken back to something. So um, I guess just to put a put to put a little bit of a bow on that, um, almost without really even trying. Yeah. Remote teams and managing remote teams forces you to consolidate your communication platforms and get radically clear in your communication yeah, and, and I think, communicate, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and another thing to key off of that, something else it does like pretty much effortlessly is it switches from you trying to figure out like what people are contributing based on like a vague, undetermined criteria mm. of like how much, how hard do they seem to be working and what are their results? And like, are they, you know, just basically a weird conglomeration in your head to very clearly who is driving results and who is not driving results because it's very clear like who is getting their work done and who is not mm -hmm. who is reliable who is not and there's none of this spin that can be put on 
results. Yeah. It, like it is in person offices all the time. Yeah. I had a boss who um, would always take me off my, he would tell me what my number one outcome was. I would start working on it every single week and he would take me off and put me on crap work all the time. So I never was able to get momentum on like the big goals that he set out for me. And then at the end of the year, when it came bonus time would say, mm, you fell short of, you know, delivering on these big, you know, on these big metrics. And it was like, no, I fell short because you constantly pulled me off of those. And what's great is not only does do managers get visibility into employees, but employees can actually have a little bit of ammunition to point back at managers and be like, hey, so I'm not pacing well to like this quarter, I did not pace well to my annual goal, but look at all of these Asana tasks where it's like you had me doing this and you had me doing that. So maybe we should step back and ask ourselves if you really, is it really the most important thing for me to be doing you know, X outcome? Because if it was important, you wouldn't be taking me off at all the time. It really starts to create a conversation that's not he said, she said, yeah. or whatever. It's like, no, look, the like the proof is in the pudding. Like I can show you the task. Yeah, and it also avoids those kind of conversations where it might be construed as like, well, you should just work hard and get it all done. Yeah. You know, because you can look at your task list and be like, well, if I estimate how much time these are going to take any reasonable person, not just me, you can clearly see that I have too much. Right. Yeah. It, so it really sponsors a better sort of conversation. Another thing that I love is that you can see the transparency all the way up to the upper you know, tiers of the organization if those people create that. So um, Asana has and other task managers, you could even create it without a task manager. It doesn't have to be that. But these organizations now have really great scorecards, basically, yeah. that show like their number one outcome for the year and who is personally responsible for that outcome. Well, so it's like not just it like, oh, your whole team is responsible for it. No, it's like one person. Yep. And then, then employees can very easily see how their work today is contributing to those results. I mean, it's, it really, so there's a really cool video online if you guys want to check it out. Um, it's called The Future of Asana. So go to the Asana YouTube channel and look up The Future of Asana. And it's their preview of like, the. it's not even all of these features are out yet, but it's their preview of like what the next like generation of Asana is going to look like. And I watch that and I'm in productivity, so not much really surprises me. I feel like I'm already ahead of the curve and most of when somebody comes out with something new, I'm like, then I knew that 10 years ago. When I saw this video, I was like, whoa, I just saw the future. <laughs> like I just saw the future of how we're gonna work and it looks amazing. Yeah. So if you wanna get stoked about what this is and get stoked about the future of work, um, check that video out because, uh, and this is why I'm a big believer in Asana. We didn't, we're not sponsored by them. We don't have any deals or side deals with them. Um, Asana, call us though, if you want to, because we definitely recommend you all we'll the time. We'll take your call. Um, yeah, well, we will take your call. Um, no, but one of the things that's great about Asana is it's not just that they have the features that I think are, are important. It's that they have the vision. Like they're excited about the vision of making work clearer, making work easier. And the, sorry, side rant, but just... So many productivity apps out there make you less productive. And it drives me freaking crazy. Right, right, right. But I mean, like, even if you're not on Asana, maybe you're in the Outlook system, that's totally fine. You can use a tool like Microsoft Planner oh, sure. to get you all the same benefits of Asana. I think a lot of teams have some sort of like resistance to getting going with it, but really all it needs is one cheerleader 
who's on the team, who's using it relentlessly. And a lot of people will start to see the benefits of that. Um, but another great benefit of remote work is that it helps you protect your time against distractions and it helps make, you know, getting focused a lot simpler and easier. So, you know, you're able to control your environment is basically the, the name of the game. If you're in an open office space, you can't exactly, I mean, it's, you can, there's some things you can do to help protect yourself against distractions, but it's much easier if you are in full 100% control of your environment. So you can, you know, put a lock on the door nobody can distract you. You can safely, you know, turn off your device and work in airplane mode. Like there's a lot of time and productivity savings to be gained from just distractions. Absolutely. I mean, listen, everybody can bring up that example of that one employee who is suffering and has not figured out how to create an environment at their house to work. So I'm not, you know, we're not here to say that every single person in the world has mastered working from home. In fact, we do a robust business showing people <laughs> how to, you know, get their focus back and work from home. But the truth is, is that the, the open office environment that we celebrated before was so freaking distracting that it's hard to be worse than that. Right. So, uh, you know, don't, don't misconstrue us as saying, Oh my God, everybody's at home, like so focused and so perfectly like, no, they've got distractions yeah, of at course, home. Yeah. We know that, but you have to realize that like what the study said about how distracting open office floor plans were, it, it literally was a carnival of distractions. So yeah. just by virtue of them not being at your office and being at their ho house, they are more focused than they'd be at the office because of this you know, hideous open office floor. Yeah, I, I think using. it's it's very revealing that I used to basically only do my real work for my job when I worked in a corporate job on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. That's just sad. We get so many clients, especially managers, who say, oh yeah, I do a full day at work and then I go home and then I start my real work. Right. Like in the night and uh, in the night. Because that's what, weekends. when you're not being distracted. Yeah. But also let's talk really quickly before we move on from this topic of just like, there's just that little barrier where I know that I can't just get up and walk over and grab you. Now I could hit you up on Microsoft Teams, I could hit you up on WhatsApp, but people don't because when, I, when you're not right in front of me, it's so much less tempting and there's a little bit more friction or thought to me right. reaching out to you and interrupting your day. And what that does is it actually slows communication and, and that's a good thing, yes. like a good, good, good thing, right? Because we, we the pendulum swung way too far and we had such a fast acceleration of communication that people were literally, you know, if you've ever gotten this message, you know what I'm talking about, where it's like, hey, uh, what's up, Carrie? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, never mind. That person literally reached out to you before the thought even completed in their mind and when their thought completed, they realized they didn't need you, but that they were communicating. They still interrupted too fast, you. <laughs> right. So it's nice to have like a half day lag where people can sort of think, okay, I have this question for Carrie, but let me sit on it for an hour. Let me sit on it for two hours and 99.999% of the time they answer their own freaking question. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, here's a little bit of an odd one, but I think it's really true. I think that working with a remote team actually improves your observational abilities mm, okay. and your problems, not problems, something more like conflict resolution skills. I think when you work in person, there's too much reactivity Yeah. because we're social creatures or someone wants like an immediate response from you. You're sitting in a meeting, maybe an in-person meeting. And when you're working remotely, you just have a little bit more space to maybe think critically 
Yeah. Or not just react to something that was said, but really take the time to think through it. Like someone asks you about something and you might just like, you might first think, oh, well, I know exactly what they're talking about. But then you might take another moment and be like, wait a second, what are they really asking about? And you might have a better response to that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I feel like there are all of these biases that we carry as human beings um, that come from being around and being in community and social interactions with people. A lot of those biases are not efficient for business. Um, I know because I'm an extrovert, so I always was able to play off the bias towards extroverts, right? You know, open, open offices and in-person offices um, really play to extroverts and extroverts can really like um, crib off of their social skills and maybe get recognized for how they show up as a person rather than how they show up as a worker, right? And so I think there's something great about this distance that gives us a little bit of distance to look at our whole team and say, you know, the extroverts are not gonna look as shiny, right? You know, and the introverts aren't gonna be as quiet. You're gonna, you know, it really does have an equalizing effect where you get away from your cognitive biases um, and you get a, that little bit of distance that I think makes you a better evaluator of your team and of the performance and are you hitting your goals. There's, there's this weird muddling that happens when we're up in each other's face. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I mean, just sort of based on these, these takeaways, we've come up with five principles of managing a remote team yeah. that I think we keep in mind a lot as managers. Let's do this. The first one is called work your trusted system. Mm -hmm. So this means, of course, that you need to have a trusted system <laughs> like SOPs, uh, formal processes and ways of doing things. Um, and once you have those, make sure that your team is using those and that you personally are using those and modeling that behavior. Yeah. I mean, you know, so many people have 10 or 20 different ways to get one thing done. And I think what working remotely does is it really says like, no, what's the one way we do this? Yeah, what's the best way? What is the best way? What is the fastest, most efficient way um, so that we can be super consistent, write it down, document it, um, you know, absolutely. Like have have a trusted system and work that system. And, and I love it yeah. about remote work. Remote work really forces you to build and then trust yep. your systems. Yep. Um, number two is create a culture of anti-distraction. And as Love managers, that. like we're responsible for Love creating it. the culture. And so, yeah, like we have a very unique opportunity to insist on and create those sorts of distraction-free workdays. Yeah, and I think um, it really does start with management. I hate it when people just like as a knee-jerk reaction is like, it all starts with management. It's like some of it doesn't, right? Like, it doesn't have to, but it's easiest when. In this case, distraction really is best done from the top. Yep. Like creating and, and, and realizing that often managers by wanting to micromanage or just, just be in the loop are, are creating a lot of this churn and a lot of this distraction. And it requires you, and I say this, because I'm guilty 100%. I'm a touch base guy. Like I want to go to each team member 16 times a day and be like, okay, what about now? How are you doing now? How are you doing now? And it really requires me to step in and be like, no, it's in Asana. When they've got an update, they'll put it in Asana and I'll get a notification. So I'll give you one example from uh, one of our clients who manages a 200 person team. He says that he just gives everybody permission to leave the mm. team's chats that they no longer need to be a part of. Yeah. So in a lot of in a lot of offices, there's a culture of just being, you know, everyone's on all these different chat chains, and then you feel obligated to stay and read all of them just to make sure you're in the loop. He's like, nope. If you feel like you don't need to be part of the conversation, just remove yourself. 
And what I love about Asana is when I see that you've removed yourself from a task um, and I know that now we need you again, I, I don't have to reach out to you. I can actually just pull you right back in, right. I can tag you right back in. And so that's Easy. sort of like that flow of like, I know you'll take yourself out if you think you're not relevant and I can even bring you back in if you are. And so, yeah, I love it. I love it. What else you got? Uh, number three is we love to embrace being asynchronous. Mm. We don't want to be a synchronous company, meaning that all communication is in real time, happening live. You know, we want to be able to send a message and not expect an immediate reply. Have the reply come when it's good for that person to reply to it because they'll, they're much more, you know, in control of like and knowledgeable about their workflow and what they need to prioritize. We want everybody getting their top priorities done. So if that means my message doesn't get responded to as fast, then that's okay. So tell them about how, what our policy is for, for asynchronous communication. I mean, what I like to do is make sure um, that I never need a response back in the next 48 hours. Yeah. Like if it's something sooner than 48 hours, I should probably just like call that person, you know, and so that they know it's urgent. Right. And we never, and I'll just add this, we never assign tasks that are due sooner than seven days. Yeah. So two days and seven days, um, two days, meaning I don't even expect you, if I sign you a task that's due seven days from now, I don't even expect you to respond to me in the, in, the, in the next 48 hours. So I mean, the first time that you might even come back and say, hey, I have some questions about this task that you assigned me would be two days from now. Right. And, and I will never assign you a task that's due more than seven days from now. Think yeah. about what that does for our team. Think about the kind of predictability you can build into your schedule when you know that nobody's gonna drop last minute bombs on you and nobody needs you to respond right away. Right, right, right. Um, number four is rewarding your team based on results, not FaceTime. So obviously, you know, we're very focused on like, hey, if you're doing the work, we don't care where in the world you are. We don't care how many hours it takes you to do that thing. Like we want you to be just delivering on what you said you're going to deliver. And Absolutely. it's as simple as that. And we've had employees come back to us and... You know, I can tell that they've really built some like creative systems for getting things done. I don't care. I don't care if they built a computer program that they push return and it does all of their work for them like an artificial intelligent agent. I don't care. Like it's worth it for me to pay X dollars to get Y result. Exactly. End of story. End of story. And number five is, is sort of brings everything together, which is standing for your team's lifestyle design. And this is a big one that I felt was lacking when I used to work in an in-person office was oh there God. was sort of like, there was like a, we were lauded actually for all being up late at night at like 11 PM, all emailing, right? It's not the kind of thing that you want to stand for. It's like you, people wonder why is everybody leaving corporate in droves? It's like, this is why, Yeah. because it should be the thing that everybody wants. <laughs> it should be like the easiest kind of living is a corporate job, right? But it's not, it's weird. People want to become entrepreneurs. It's like, Which that's is the so much harder, <laughs> so much harder. Somehow we've taken, it, it's like a whiff. Somehow we've taken a, a job that should be 100,000% the ease, like the best opportunity. Working for a corporation should be the best opportunity. It should be the best. Like guaranteed healthcare, guaranteed salary, job security, lifestyle, like but security. Because the lifestyle isn't there. That's why, because they don't have the lifestyle element and that's exactly what people want. They just want a little bit of flexibility. They just want to be able to maybe take a Friday afternoon off without being, you know, sneered at 
Like, why isn't, why aren't they working at their desk late into the night, every night they want to be, you know, they want to be rewarded based on their results and their hard work. And they don't want to like, they want to also have a life. (laughs) And we, you know, for example, and I I don't put us up as a model for every single other person to follow because we're in a very specific industry. We're a a certain certain size, size, but, um, you know, one of the things that we love about our team meetings, we have one meeting per week. It's 30 minutes long. Um, sometimes we'll like go an extra 30 minutes just to do like personal updates. Like, what are you doing? Where are you traveling? Um, but it's never more than an hour. And one of the things that we're constantly getting updates on is the other things that our team members are doing in their life. One of our team members started a clothing company. One of our team members started a side business as like a photographer. Um, it, it's just fascinating to see what they're up to in their life. One of our team members is like going on a big like camping extravaganza this summer. Right. And it's, it feels so good to have the kind of team where they can not just share that, but share it proudly yes. and brag on themselves. Right. And, and that's a, that's a value in our company is like, yo, who's not just getting their work done, but living the most epic version of their right. life. Yeah. And if they're saying like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to be voice only on this meeting because I'm going to be in an airport. I'm like, cool. No cool. problem. It's yeah. fine. Yep. Yeah. And, and back to what you said about screencasts. You know, we've had it happen where people say, hey, I can't make the team meeting, um, but I'll send a screencast update, you know, ahead of time so that you guys can play that during the team meeting. And it works just as well. Yep. Just as well. Awesome. Okay. So I'm just going to really quickly repeat these five just so that people know. Number one, work your trusted system. Have a trusted system and work it. Number two, create a culture of anti-distraction. It really starts from the top. It starts with you not being the distraction. Number three, (laughs) embrace being asynchronous. Embrace it with all of your heart and all of your soul. Number four, reward your team based on the results they get, not the FaceTime. And number five, stand for their lifestyle design. Um, I love this. Fantastic. Carrie, what other resources should or could they look up? Um, I'm sort of thinking off the top of my head. I know they should check out your Asana course. I'll put a link to to that. I'll put a link to a couple other YouTube videos that we've done um, about our top tips for managing teams. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think we'd love to hear, you know, from you in the comments, uh, what has been your experience managing a remote team? Any tips that you found particularly helpful or not helpful? uh, Please let us know. And I have to say, a lot of people have come back to me. You created a course called How to Hire Your First VA. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have come back to me and said, Hey, um, that was awesome. It totally helped me hire my first VA, but also it really was like a masterclass in how to manage people remotely. So I would say, um, go ahead and drop the link to the Asana course, but I feel like your, how to hire your first VA course and the Asana course take taken together are like a masterclass. Oh, and then also freedom from meetings which is our brand new course. We're just, are we, are we announcing that yet? Oh yeah. Are we announcing that? Yeah. Well, big it'll, announcement. It'll have dropped We're breaking news time. here. Well, no, it'll have dropped before okay, this, okay, pod, this okay, episode comes okay. out. Um, yeah. So I'll link to that as well. If you want to check out, if you have like a lot of meetings on your schedule and you want to know how to have fewer meetings. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Carrie, thank you so much. Um, gang, thank you. Listen again, uh, If you want to check more about what we do out, we've got so much free content on our website, on our YouTube. So check us out at www.lifehackmethod.com. And we've got so many cool resources. Please suck us dry, like use all the free resources there. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Yeah. Cool. And we'll see you on the next podcast.